Happy New Year, friends, fans, and this day in Weather History family. We have had a brilliant second year so far and our first full calendar year as a daily podcast. So now, we look back on those stories, those weather events that dominated the Canadian headlines from the year 2021. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History, the podcast. For yesterday's part one of the year in review feature length spectacular we went over events from the united states and from around the world and now we shine that big bright light on canada looking back at this past year in weather history as we all jumped into january hoping that any minute now the covid pandemic would end we were smacked with the reality that our planet and its weather couldn't care less and on tuesday february 9th 2021 at About 6 o'clock in the morning, a powerful winter storm moved in, over, and then through the Maritimes, and then on its way to Newfoundland. Here are the dirty details. In all, 30 to 40 centimeters of snow was reported across much of the Maritimes on the Monday of this storm. Some areas saw drifts that were well surpassing 40 centimeters. Pair that with strong wind gusts of up to 80 kilometers per hour. We now were battered with blowing snow and whiteout conditions. Then another 5 to 15 centimeters of snow hit parts of Newfoundland through the Tuesday, kicking out another 15 to 30 centimeters for the Avalon. And again, made all the worse by strong winds that brought in blizzard conditions. Even after most of the heavy snow had fallen for the Maritimes and the Avalon, another 15 centimeters was on its way in the overnight for Gander and 5 to 10 centimeters widespread basically everywhere else on the island. Monday, March 21st. Ontario was in the crosshairs of a nasty late-season snow attack. Powerful and dangerous snow squalls thanks to intense northwesterly winds that blasted parts of southern Ontario. Dangerous whiteout conditions during the Monday event brought life-threatening conditions and accidents that prompted sections of Highway 400 to be completely shut down in the afternoon after a multi-vehicle pileup. What could be called worse than that, after all this chaos, all that snow would go nowhere as a rush of frigid air followed in behind the squalls and brought bitter overnight temperatures and even more brutal wind chills. The summer in Western Canada, as we heard yesterday in the international year in review episode, was relentlessly hot, dry, and it was expected to persist all summer long, making for indeed what you would call a long, hot summer. During what would pave the way for an explosive fire season, The BC grid was already stretched to the max. BC Hydro saw record-breaking electricity demands three days in a row, peaking at one point at 8,516 megawatts. What does that mean to you and me? That smashed the previous record by an astounding 600 megawatts. That's like turning on 600,000 portable air conditioners. As a matter of fact, on our website, I saw this particularly telling tweet from a viewer who goes by the Twitter handle Terry Sam. She says, and I quote, as someone who lived in Abu Dhabi for two years, let me tell you, these are Middle East temperatures with none of the Middle East infrastructures to mitigate heat-related issues. Take the heat seriously. We're quite literally not built for this. End quote. 
I know what you mean. I lived in Dahran, Saudi Arabia for a couple of years back in the day, and I totally agree with you on that. Here are a few other numbers to consider from this unusual heat dome effect that affected the west of North America, but particularly British Columbia. During the peak, BC set a record for the number of emergency dispatches at 1,850, and it was due in large part to this next number, 195. In the time span of only five days, the BC coroner's office saw 195% increase in the number of unexpected and sudden deaths it typically sees in that same time period. During this time, 486 deaths were reported. That number is usually closer to 165. And here's another number for you, 47.9. Lytton, BC broke Canada's all-time heat record during this event when it peaked at almost 48 degrees Celsius on the Monday. In all, nearly 600 lives were ultimately claimed by BC's historic record-breaking heat wave. And there was another toll on life and property when June through July saw BC suffer through one of its worst fire seasons on record. But this 2021 edition of this seasonal phenomenon was notable for how close the large wildfires got to major population centers in the South Interior. The weather played the lead and the flames followed in suit. Winds blew extreme heat through oppressively dry conditions and basically fanned the fires into the community of Lytton. There were numerous evacuation alerts, but a total loss of the village of Lytton. Like Paradise, California, only a few years prior, Lytton was gone. Yet somehow, and in the same country, and I might add, still in the month of June, it was on the other side of the country where this was going on. On Friday, June 11th, it had been hot in the Atlantic provinces. In fact, it was above seasonal and in some quarters it was becoming concerning, but it didn't last long. And what came next was as mind-blowing as it was frustrating when winter made a bold return to Newfoundland. Let me paint this picture for you. After reaching a daytime high of 27.3 degrees Celsius on the Tuesday of that week, on the Thursday, it was accumulating snow. While unwelcome, June snow was not uncommon in Newfoundland, but it was the first time St. John's had ever recorded over one centimeter of snow on a June day since all the way back in 1976. In Barrie, Ontario, it was deja vu all over again. Although 1985 was far, far, far away in most people's rear view mirrors, it was never so far away that those who lived through that year's tornado tragedy would ever forget it. Yet here we were again on Sunday, July 18th of 2021, when it was officially reported that it was indeed an EF2 tornado confirmed by Environment Canada that struck hard and to the heart of Barrie, Ontario on the previous Thursday afternoon, causing several injuries. It also resulted in considerable damage. This monster packed maximum wind speeds of 210 kilometers per hour and featured a damage path that stretched out for 12 kilometers while also 600 meters wide. That's over half a kilometer wide. When this thing rolled through the southeastern section of Barrie, it left behind close to 150 homes damaged, 71 of which were considered no longer safe to enter. Then on Tuesday, September the 7th, a large tornado touched down in Huron, Bruce, leaving a path of destruction in its wake. The year 2021 would go on to be a monumental one for the province of Ontario. On this day, it was forecast 
that the atmosphere was primed to produce severe thunderstorms and while tornadoes are always a threat with severe storms, these weren't looking initially to be the makers of violent supercells. But then huge funnels swirled down from the edge of the core and for a moment, storm hunter Mark Robinson later wrote in a follow-up article on theweathernetwork.com, quote, This thing looks like an airborne octopus, a gigantic airborne octopus that is going to remove my car from the road if I don't stop. Classic Mark. Mark has chased after and stared down many a twister in his time, and he said that this situation was, in his view, quote, something more akin to an Oklahoma storm, not an Ontario one, and especially not one in September. Mark Robinson was, in fact, looking at one of the largest tornadoes ever seen in the province of Ontario. I have another episode from November 30th that tells the tale of the first human ever recorded to have been struck by a rock that had fallen from space. Remember that one? That happened in Alabama back in 1954. So fast forward to October 12th of this past year, and we meet Ruth Hamilton, who says a space rock came through the ceiling of her home and crash-landed on her pillow at her home in Golden, British Columbia. Ah, what now? (laughs) Yes, Ms. Ruth Hamilton had been asleep for hours, but was jolted awake by her loud and frantically barking dog. She jumped out of bed to see what he was barking at, and it was then that her vacated pillow a moment later caught a rock from outer space that had hurtled into her bedroom. Hamilton told the authorities, and I quote, The next thing was just a huge explosion and debris all over my face. End quote. Hamilton said she didn't tell anybody about what had happened for a few days because, quite frankly, she needed the time to absorb what happened for herself. And apart from being understandably shaken up, she was not injured and only wanted to keep the rock once researchers had finished their investigation. And then how about this story? It was on Sunday, November 7th, when British Columbia found themselves back in the news for the strange and unusual where it pertains to weather. Witnesses in Vancouver captured video and photos of a tornado over the Strait of Georgia on a Saturday that reportedly came ashore and caused minor tree damage at the University of British Columbia and its immediate vicinity. Now, I think it goes without saying that BC is not necessarily a hotspot for tornadoes at any time of the year, so for one to occur there in the heart of fall, that makes it unfathomable. And then, still in BC, but now in December, Once again, people around the world are staring at their screens watching British Columbia suffer yet another extreme weather event. This one comes just 20 weeks after a horrific heat wave gripped the region, claiming hundreds of lives and setting a record-breaking temperature of 49.7 degrees Celsius in Lytton. Here we were now watching as a merciless atmospheric river began funneling in significant levels of moisture to BC. Some cities, including Hope, saw nearly 300 millimeters in just a few days. For perspective, Hope normally sees 250 millimeters of rain in an entire month. The roots of these severe events were defined by terms some had maybe never heard before, but jumped into everyday lexicon. June and July was defined by a heat dome. And here we were now watching towns and cities overwhelmed by a rush of water caused by what is called an atmospheric river. And that is our 2021 Canadian edition of the Weather's Year in Review for this day in weather history. 
So many of the weather events reviewed here are just too big to control, but we can do our part to limit its intensity and duration and frequency, and we know that. We also cannot control how a pandemic runs through 2022, but we can take ownership of how we live our lives. Happy New Year, Canada! Tomorrow is January 1st, 2022. And that means it's time again for the Winter Classic Outdoor Hockey Game for the NHL. This tradition of playing a game that depends on perfect climate control throws caution into the wind, literally. And there have been some really beautiful, wild, and frigid events since its beginning back in 2008 in Buffalo. We'll look back at this annual tradition tomorrow on the New Year's Day edition of This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May. Happy New Year.